0: Yo, 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 what's up, guys? Jacques Slade here, and welcome to Outside the Box. It is a new podcast. Um, It's just a podcast about everything. Yes, we're going to talk about sneakers because that's probably why you know about this face. Uh, But more importantly, we're going to talk about other things, talk about things outside, music, pop culture, life in general. We're going to give you advice about everything that you want advice about because um we're we're a show for the people. Uh I am Jacques Slade Um, but this show really wouldn't be what it is without the two fantastic hosts that I have. Um they're they're probably two of the coolest and smartest people that I know in their own respects. Uh starting off first, my big homie Nick Ingval, tell him how to find you and all of that good stuff.
1: Uh what's up, y'all? I'm uh Nick Ingval on all the platforms, N I C K E N G V A L L. And I also have a site called sneakerhistory.com. And uh Tiffany, tell them who you are.
2: I'm Tiffany Beers. I used to work at Nike and in Innovation, and you might know me from the Nike Mag or the HyperAdapt. Uh, you can find me at any on any of the social media platforms under Tiffany Beers.
0: I love that. like, You know what, Nick? Um, and I'm, I'm probably going to do this to you every episode, Tiffany. Um, but I love how she just throws it out there. Yeah, I just worked on the HyperAdapt and the yeah, Nike Mag, it like it's Like it's nothing. Oh, th- those things. I'm just
2: living a normal life, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I I did I just did stuff at Nike like the Nike mag, you know, probably the biggest shoe they've ever done. But I, I did that um, and the hyper adapt what, whatever whatever it coolest shoes ever made. But whatever anyway. <laughs> all right, guys, so um, let's let's get into this um, big news story today um, is about New Balance. And apparently they had to pay a huge fine. Because of the whole made in the USA cover and label that they use when they release some footwear but apparently it wasn't entirely true now um, Tiffany I'm gonna kind of lean on you for this one because you I've, I, I'm, I'm hoping and I'm really just I just said that without knowing that uh, you have a little more insight to what exactly this means versus the 70% versus the 95% and the, the materials and the domestic distribution, all of that stuff. Could you help?
2: Please? Well I think it, it comes down to I, I think they ran into this in the auto industry several years back. Like what what can you actually say is made in the USA if does it have to have a hundred percent of the product and the assembly of the product made here? Or can it just be like fifty percent or can it be ten percent? So on one hand, I think it's all about protecting the the brand of made in the USA, because that carries a lot of importance to a lot of people. Now, with New Balance only had 70% versus 90%. Like I didn't, I was always curious, like, what percentage did you have to have to say made in the USA? Could you just assemble the shoe, right? So could the upper and all the materials just come from Asia and then be put on the bottom here in the States? And that's considered made in the USA? Like that's is that a workaround for it? But mm. I guess this kind of clarifies it. And I only know what the article there says, but, uh, yeah, they, they got hit pretty hard. Like I'm curious to see now what shoes will say made in the USA. Does this officially mean that they're, they don't have any shoes made in the USA or are they still going to have a line?
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm actually really curious about it too. And actually, once you, once you sent that over earlier today, I started thinking about, I, I noticed at the, um, at the Adidas Parley event that they just had that the new Parley, like, um, I don't think it's the ultra boost. It's the other, the other boost shoe is actually says assembled in the USA on the Parley version, which I Mm. haven't seen on any other Adidas before. So I'm assuming that like, that's probably, you know, that's probably something similar, right. Where they're trying to say as much as they can here, but like that, I would assume that like the, you know, the, the, rubber treaded outsole and even the boost is probably made someplace else and then they're taking you know what they can out of the plastic material from the recycled bottles and putting that into the upper here and then putting it all together in the states
2: here i like that adidas actually put assembled in the u.s that's that's cool at least as a start
1: yeah and and so i've definitely seen that on new balance shoes before too i don't know you know you know the 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 rules or whatever but i've definitely seen assembled on in the usa on certain new balance shoes too
0: that's interesting. That's super interesting to me. See, from my perspective, and this has come as a, and I guess this is where I would I would fall into the normal consumer sort of sort of demo. When I hear "made in the USA," I assume that's what "assembled" means. Uh, I don't think I necessarily think that the materials are made here in the USA, but that the shoe or the product was made here in the USA. So maybe maybe and that and that's maybe more uh, more about my ignorance than it is um the truth. Well obviously it's more about my ignorance than it is the truth. So made in the USA literally means that the the materials were made in the USA. Is that am I understanding that correctly? I think
2: and how you think, read this article? Yeah. Yes. I mean that's that's what they're trying. I guess customs is the one that um or the government. Actually this was a lawsuit I think. Um so the judge was basically yeah. saying that like you you, made in the USA needs to mean a certain percentage of the materials are also manufactured here. Now I guess that can be interpreted differently also but uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's what they're going for.
1: I think that yeah so I think it happens ahead, it happens a lot though, right? I think that you know it's it's kind of always how marketing works, right? Like how, how much can we get away with saying without you know without it being an actual lie? And, you know, like, I just think of like brands like, you know, um, what's the, um, the watch brand that's from Detroit, that Sh- Shinola, which is not like, you know, like a lot of their watches weren't all, all fully made here. They were more assembled here. And I think that's just kind of the, the nature of people. Like we want to glorify that people are doing things in the States. Like all of us have that, like, you know, kind of, you know, um, wish i guess wishful thinking and um but i think it it comes down to like what is the actual line where is the line drawn and i think this probably sets a standard that we haven't really paid much attention to before with with shoes at least yeah
0: so it says here in the article it says new balance may continue to make qualified claims of domestic production as long as the 70% standard is mentioned explicitly in connection with the claim so when that when i see domestic production is that the is assembled would you take that as being assembled that 70% of the shoe was assembled here but in order for it to say made in the usa it needs to be 95%. I'm just confused. Here. I
2: think it's, it includes where the materials come from. That's how I read it. Um, that
1: Yeah, that's how I read it, too.
2: Because, like, so are your injection wow. molding parts made here? Are your midsoles, is your outsole made here? I mean, to be 95%, basically everything would have to be made here except maybe the shoelace, Um that's wow. that's what you're looking at, right? It's it's basically the whole shoe being made here. I'd love to know more. Maybe we can research this and find out more of exactly what does that mean. Because you know, Adidas is doing that factory, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know much about it. The speed yeah, the factory. Speed Factory. So, it, yeah. how is it comparing?
0: Yeah, because that's that's in Atlanta. So I would imagine that that would be. But again, if the if the pieces aren't made here, if they're just shipping in pieces from overseas and assembling it here. That maybe that's where that that uh that moniker that Nick mentioned earlier, assembled in the USA, that's where that comes from. That's just and that's just fascinating to me. I had no idea about these these rules, and there was a there was a, a set number in order to to mean made in the USA. And ninety five percent seems like a very high number for that, but I also get. I guess I understand. You know, they want to they want to keep the cachet to that made in the USA sort of tagline. So
1: that makes sense. This, and I think it's, it's and, uh, one of those things where it's, it's good too, right? Like, I mean, these are things that consumers, like the three of us are pretty active in this business and have been for quite a while. And as consumers, you know, that's always something that I think, you know, your general consumer is going to be attracted to that made in the USA. It's, it's kind of good that there's some, regulation there that says hey in order for you to say that this is this is what the standard has to be absolutely oh and in addition to well ahead, i was Stephanie. just gonna Sorry. say it
2: just also it opens the door slightly to the complexities of making and importing shoes right like a lot of people don't think yeah. about that and you can't forget that now i don't know how many pairs of new balance you guys yeah. have i have one but if it says made in usa you're gonna get 10 bucks <laughs> so
0: yeah Cha-ching. yeah yep yep exactly Yeah, I was going to say, so for those of you out there that bought a pair of made in the USA New Balance, you get $10. Um, Just search it. I would say I'm going to put a link in the description, but um, actually, we'll do that. We'll put a link in the description so you can get $10. We just charge a uh, 50% commission. (laughs) Got to pay for this show somehow, people. And uh, it's going from made in the USA to something that's not made in the USA. Uh, Kanye West was in the news today, uh, but not in the way that we normally expect. Um, this would be uh, a bit of a good thing. And I want to attack a couple of different topics with this one. Uh, so the news is, is that Kanye West and Adidas are going to increase Yeezy Boost production. Um, I'm going to go with you, Nick. Um, what, what do you think about that?
1: I mean, I think this is what Kanye you know said years ago when he signed with adidas and basically said everybody's going to be wearing Yeezys. you know i think his goal is to make something that's as mainstream as possible while still obviously putting money in his bank and you know there's a there's a huge gap between not huge it used to be much bigger but it's 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 tightened up quite a bit in the last you know year or two but there used to be a huge gap between what the retail price was and the actual value of a, of a pair of Yeezys you know, turned out to be. Because people can, you, know, you can buy them for 200 bucks, you can turn around and sell them for 400 or 600 or 800 or even more sometimes. And I think that they see that there's plenty of room for them to kind of fill the market with these shoes and let, the, let everybody have a pair that wants them. And it's kind of interesting because you know, coming from, you know, working on the secondary market the last couple of years, it's something that I've kind of had in the back of my mind is like, well, when, you know, how well does a secondary market work when the brands just say, we want everybody to have access to our products? Like there's a fine line between hyping things up and then, you know, like actually just providing for the customers and what they want. So, um, I think, I think Kanye is, is. You know in a sense just sticking true to what he said a couple years ago
0: yeah i agree agree And, and tiffany coming from coming from the brand side do because i feel like you know so much more about the marketing are you still influenced by exclusivity
2: um i'm much less influenced by it i think um i i get drawn to a shoe because i like it not because it's exclusive um i'm not in the resale game so i've never have been it's hard as an employee to be to be honest but, but right, right, i yeah. <laughs> i love that they're doing this um for many reasons like it's a great example and kind of experiment of if you're gonna make millions and millions of pairs of shoes like they allude to like fit has to be on point right Like right now, there's so few of them out there that your fit can be bad, your comfort can be bad. But because they're so rare, people, A, aren't wearing them and B, they're, uh, you know, they're just up on a shelf. So people want them for their value. But when you talk about making millions and this is all, you know, I never worked in Nike marketing or anything like that. This is just from my perspective. But if you're making millions, you better be on dial. You better be on point because you will find out fast if it's not actually a shoe that's wearable. Um, and I've never tried these, so I, I don't know firsthand, but it'll be a cool experiment learning how people really like them and if they really will wear them every day, all day, because that's that's kind of what you're asking when you're going to sell millions and millions of pairs.
0: Right, exactly. And um. and if I'm going to be honest, I think it's a bad idea. I honestly I don't think that they should the this guy and this kind of alludes to what really what both of you were saying the reason people want yeezys is because they can't have yeezys if everyone's going to get yeezys no one's going to want yeezys and the value is going to plummet for those shoes like even right now with so many being on the aftermarket that they the prices for them you know the resale used to be in the thousands of dollars and now that's dropping to the hundreds of dollars where you know you may barely make a, a small bit of profit if you if you get pairs and i i think that you know goes to show like all of the shoes that are coming into market and i really would hope that adidas would take a note from what's happening with the jordan retros how like they were super exclusive for a while and no one could get them and the hype behind them was crazy. but once they started making more and more and more people were able to get their hands on them, the the, the hype behind them and that resale market for them really kind of just died out and it it turned to more of you know the people that really just have a genuine, love for for jordan brand and you know I, I get both sides of that you know if if you're a fanatic of jordan and you just love jordan brand like you're cool with that but for pop culture sake and for the um the the cultural significance of it i think that um pushing out tons and tons of them and making them available to everyone is uh is a bit of a, is a drawback it's a negative in my mind
1: i i i tend to disagree a little bit um and the reason why is because one they mentioned that it's going to be the you know the like the cre- cream white or whatever the colorway is it's just like a basic white shoe, right? If you look at like sales for like Foot Locker or Finish Line or probably even Nike and Adidas, you know, all the way across the board in footwear I would assume, but I I can speak to Finish Line obviously. Um a majority of the shoes that are sold are not sold to sneakerheads, right? Like sneakerheads think that they're the most important because they spend $220 on a Yeezy. But the reality is that, a, a, like Jordans for instance, a, a Retro 3, a Retro 4, those shoes draw in a certain a certain customer, but they also just spread the 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 desire to have Jordans to the average customer that's never gonna spend more than 70, 80 bucks, maybe 100 bucks on a pair of shoes. And I mean, when was the last time a Jordan Retro was $100 in the store? It's been a long time since that happened. So I think with, with this, you, it would be more comparable to like, you know, I think what Kanye sees is like a, an iconic shoe, like a Stan Smith, a superstar, an Air Max one, you know, th- these are shoes that there are millions of them in the market at any given moment, you know, like, yeah, there, but there's not a specific, you know, there's, Not all of them are selling on the secondary market, but I would say that like, for the most part, you can find a a specialized version, a collaboration or whatever of, you know, those core shoes, Air Force ones, Air Max ones, Jordan ones, you know, on the Adidas side, it's, it's the Stan Smiths, the superstars. And, and I would even say even up to like NMDs and ultra boosts now where there's just a massive amount of these shoes out there. And they're very specific versions that people, you know, kind of hype up and, and actually hold their value over time. But like, if you look back at like, you know, the original ultra boost from, you know, a few years back, just the regular black shoe is like the common shoe. Like the average person buys either a white shoe, a black shoe, or a white and Navy, you know, or a white and black. Like those are the four kind of like, you know, guaranteed sales for, for the general public buying sneakers. But, to me, this just is a way for them to kind of test the market and see how much people are going to actually want to buy these. But they'll still have, you know, there'll still be some pairs that are limited to a few thousand or less. And there'll always be the friends and family. There'll always be, you know, the hype around whatever gets tossed around their Instagram accounts or gets seen with him mm-hmm. on stage and that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, yeah. I, I disagree with you too, Jacques, uh, respectfully. Uh, I think if you look at the top <laughs> sellers of last year uh what was it it was the the tejun the nike is it tanjun tejun
0: I, i've been calling it the Tanjun um but i don't know it if sounds that's better
2: right. we'll go with that Tanjun the chuck taylor all-star <laughs> low which is like a what a twenty five, twenty eight dollar shoe the tanjun's not mm-hmm. very expensive either and then the harachi and those are all lower price point shoes so they don't talk about how many were sold but when i think of this yeezy going wide with that many pairs like what's the price point and and how's that going to be impacted because price point plays a lot into how many pairs you can sell
0: okay all right I, I might take the l on this one you know i'm just saying i'm just i mean I, I, i'm concerned for the hype beast my concern is for the hype beast i guess
1: <laughs> i think it's going to be really interesting and I, I i am kind of excited to see it happen because it's one of those things where you know we've we've Jordans have kind of ebbed and flowed in and out of this right like if there's too many in the market you're complaining I mean if you know you're complaining because there's too many if it's easy to get the shoes Like it has been the last, you know 18 months people complain that they're not limited enough Then they start making limited stuff and it's hard to get and then they complain about the app because the app doesn't work They complain that the stores don't have them like you can't really make the customers happy but if you were gonna take you know let's say 10 or 20 colorways and say this one colorway or these two colorways are going to get millions each while the rest of these are going to be super limited i don't think that really hurts anything but i'm excited to see how kind of like you said the hype beasts react to it how the sneaker community kind of reacts to it if if you'll see like those you know pop, popular instagram accounts with people wearing the these like you know mass produced shoes Um, but I think there's one other thing that's kind of interesting, kind of to Tiffany's point about the, you know, keeping things dialed in with the quality of the shoe is it's going to be a lot harder to, if there's a million of those shoes in the market, it's, there's going to be variations between those productions. You can't, there's just no way you're going to stop that. But that also means that Mm -hmm. a lot of the fakes that are out there, you're not going to be able to tell the difference between the real and the fakes, you know, like the the little variations like you see the details that some of these some of these people go through to tell a real and a fake shoe and and if they're producing in the millions i just don't see that being very helpful for people that are actually trying to keep track of what's real and what's not
0: all right all right we'll see we'll we'll table that one for uh 2018 i think it was it 2018 2019 when that's supposed to happen um 2019 so we'll um we'll bring that back uh when uh you know outside the box episode number probably what is that 52 weeks away so episode <laughs> episode 52 uh we'll make sure we bring that back somebody put that in the calendar <laughs> set, up, set up a reminder um <laughs> all right real quick uh just some quick headlines that I saw today that I thought you guys would find interesting because I found them interesting um first one starting with the NBA um I read this from a guy named Tommy Beer. He's an NBA analyst. Um, and did you guys know that dating back to 1991, the NBA Finals has featured either Michael Jordan, Hakeem Olajuwon, Shaquille O'Neal, Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, or LeBron James. So for the last, what, how many years is that? 91? uh 27 years there's been one of those six players in the nba finals every single time that is an amazing amazing thing to me at least to me i don't even yeah no one cares okay cool <laughs> okay cool i'll say no one cares all right fine I, no no it's good. I, I,
1: no no i i thought it was important i mean i was just trying to think it's it's kind of crazy because it there's two sides to it there's like wow those six players are incredible athletes And, you know, Hall of Fame, top top six players of all time, whatever, however you want to word that. But also, I feel so sorry for, like, the small markets, you know, like, being from Sacramento, like, the Kings have no chance to compete when it's always those same people. Oh, yeah. So, it's kind of crazy.
2: It's amazing, right, that, like, they're all involved, but it tells you that the league's maybe not as... um... It's a little lopsided on some level, right? Like just like just like the Cavs yeah. and Warriors potentially, you know. Wait, who won last night?
1: Yeah, Warriors. So the, the Warriors okay, will be four years straight. Yeah,
2: the, I, I'm not down with that. Let's mix it up. Let's change some teams around. Like uh, we need some more more teams involved. Like it's getting boring. Why don't we just get rid of all the other NBA teams and just let those two play? Like, come on.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can take that. I can take that. But you know, uh, to be fair though, it doesn't say that these that they won. It just says that they were that they were in the finals. So it's not that their teams won. It's just that they were actually in the NBA finals. So that's. I mean, obviously with LeBron in there, that that's that's obvious because he's only won. 12, how many LeBron won? Two. He's won three. Three. Yeah. Two. Two. So and three. Won with
1: Cleveland. But yeah, he's yeah, been so in. He's in a row. He's so
0: yeah but he's been in eight in a row so you know five of those he did not come back yeah. uh happy uh let's just say happy uh all right next line uh next uh headline was there is a talk there is talk about supersonic air travel um which would get us from shanghai to los angeles in five hours uh five to six hours they're saying and from to sydney in six Hours and, and forty five minutes, which I think is amazing. Uh, when I was a kid, I remember hearing about the Concorde. Yep,
1: me too. Um,
0: I obviously, I obviously couldn't afford to fly on it because, according to this article, the tickets were eleven to fifteen thousand dollars <laughs> a piece. Um, wow. <laughs> so, my pa- my parents wouldn't opt for that. They, they figure I didn't need it. Um, but I just I just find that amazing. I think technology is moving at a place where this this is actually could be something pretty cool. I think that'd be pretty cool to be able to fly to China, and and back in, you know, a day basically, as opposed to to two days that it takes now. Yeah, it's crazy.
2: I love it, man. The amount of times I've traveled around the world, I would love shorter flights. Now, the big question for me is, what does it do to your jet lag? Like, jet lag. As I've gotten older, has been a bigger and bigger problem. Like, if the flights are shorter, does it change anything?
0: Oh, that would be nice. That would be nice if you don't feel it as much. I mean, because I mean, imagine being able to go to China. Say, like, you have to go check in on production at a at a manufacturing facility. Like, you leave five hours you're there that's like going to new york yeah. for, you know just flying from la to new york you could literally go check out what you're doing and be back the next day and not have to worry about spending you know that what 12 to 14 hour flight that it is to get down there so i think just just from a production standpoint like i think businesses obviously would be more opt to to pay for something like this because uh the article says that they're going to cost around five thousand dollars for a round trip. Um, but that's still not terrible. That's a business class ticket for a regular flight. Yeah,
2: and you don't need to pay for business anymore because if it's five hours, anyone can survive five hours in economy. It's not a big deal.
1: Right. Exactly. I wonder what that's exactly. going to do to like you know the hotel industry in especially in manufacturing cities. You know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
2: How about this one? Yeah. what about commuting right like when i worked at tesla i flew from portland to reno every week now you could fly from portland to china and work every week like at that short of a flight like it changes what commuting oh, my means goodness
0: yeah wow that would be incredible imagine the- oh my goodness yeah. that totally changes the game wow yeah yeah i mean it's only you know ten thousand dollars but you know hey some people have that kind of money. $10,000 a week. I, I got it. I got maybe, it. Maybe maybe when uh, it starts, <laughs> you know.
2: Maybe maybe wait till it's a year old. Yeah,
0: maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, when when this podcast takes off, you know. <laughs> I want us I want us to be able to go to China and do a show from China. Uh I'm like it's only 5 hours, guys. Uh and, all, right. all right. And then the uh the last article in this one, um I don't even know how to explain this, but there's a luxury brand selling a shirt and the shirt is a t-shirt with a long sleeve shirt, a button up long sleeve shirt, sewn to the front, or should I attached, sewn, um, hot pressed, I don't know, but it's on the front of the shirt. So there's a, a long sleeve button up shirt hanging off the front of a t-shirt. <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna, l- <laughs> I know it, so- it sounds amazing first, um, but, but, but I kind of want you guys to guess the price um because um it almost made me throw my computer so I'll <laughs> so so nick just take a guess at what this cost
1: i have no idea where to even start but i'm going to assume that since we're coming from uh, five thousand dollar flights this is going to be in the thousand dollar range <laughs> okay Tiffany. well
2: you have to remember it's two shirts right so (laughs) it's like bogo but uh it's i'm guessing it's like a i don't know two thousand dollar bogo deal or something
0: oh i love that uh well not not to disappoint either of you but it is a thirteen hundred (laughs) dollar t-shirt slash shirt combo um so uh, I don't even want to talk about it anymore because I don't want someone to <laughs> buy it. They, um, cause some, did
2: they show pictures of it being modeled or anything? I mean, like, how are people wearing this? Um, uh,
0: I they didn't show it. They just showed a picture of the shirt. It is like a a blue, and then the uh, the long sleeve shirt is a, a slightly lighter blue, but it's like the um, what's that paper? The drawing paper with the lines on it with Grid the grids. Paper? What's that yeah. called? Yeah. Grid, pa- oh, yeah, how about that? The drawing paper with the grids, you know, the one with the lines, and you can measure things like it's, it has a line, it's a boxes, grid on the, the paper. That one, <laughs> yeah, the boxes, the one with the boxes, you can play tic tac toe yes. really easily on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's a shirt with like a grid all across the whole shirt, um, and, it, and, and it's literally buttoned up. Like, uh, but it's but it's like the sexy old man buttoned up, where like the top button's unbuttoned and you know shows a little chest hair. <laughs> yeah, it's really, <laughs> it's really, yeah, it's taking things to another There's level. There's our podcast. Um, all right. Uh, if, <laughs> there, yeah that's the that's the outside that is outside the box i will give it that um and then, and then the, the final story um the final topic today that i want to talk to you guys about is nike acg tiffany you kind of brought this one up um and i, I i've always kind of had a love relationship for the acg just for everything that it represented um and it it seems like nike is bringing it back and doing some cool stuff with it but you saw you said you saw some headlines and some news about it today i
2: just saw that uh i think some pairs are dropping this week and i thought they looked uh interesting the the dog mountain i believe is what it's called um is going to be dropping this week on thursday friday 7 a.m
0: yes yes there's two colorways uh so I'm I'm all for this this light green one or neon green or whatever that color is called. Uh, I think that looks really nice. Um ACG line has been taking a it's been taking an interesting path back to the limelight. I feel like before it was just like these really ruggedized shoes, but now it seems to be taking more of a luxury not luxury is luxury the right word I'm talking about Nick. What's um
1: kind of just like like lifestyle it 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 it's definitely less uh less aggressive in the designs and more i think i don't know i don't know how you would describe it, but it definitely seems more more uh urban rather than you know like outdoor, outdoor. yeah
0: right yeah <clears throat> yeah that that's that's a good way to put it it look it seems more urban than outdoor
1: yeah i think i think there's like you know there's a few of them that look like i think of like if you know someone like john elliott was behind it you know where it's like okay like we, we took the hoodie and we kind of just flipped it a little bit and we made it premium and we added some zippers and you know we, we kind of did the same thing with with denim and like you know he takes something that's kind of just a staple but i feel like nike's doing the same thing where they're like okay this is what acg is for us here's like just a a, a few tweaks a little bit better material, you know, and and re-release it, and it becomes something where it's like, you know, kind of has a little bit of a hype behind it. I, I mean, I think it's I think it's cool to see. Like, I have always been a fan of the ACG line, and I think there's plenty of plenty of silhouettes and plenty of styles and plenty of elements that you can take and move from one to the other and and kind of make some really cool yeah. shoes out of.
0: Yeah, agreed. I feel kind of like they're taking the like. It's almost like like a Madbury club approach to the ACG mm-hmm. line, uh, which is, it's very interesting. Um, yeah. It's an interesting, interesting approach, but, I, but I agree, Tiffany. I think they look, I think they look really great. And um, I, sh- I probably should add a little more ACG love into my, into my collection. <laughs> not, th- not that I need to buy any more shoes. So <laughs> um,
2: the thing though, that I liked about ACG was it was always rugged and functional base, right? Like I'm an engineer function, function mm-hmm. comes number one for me. Um, and the black model the acg dog mountain the the black colorway totally functional but that that mint green one i mean you're not gonna wear that outside in the mud and stuff it's gonna be trash it's gonna look horrible (laughs) and like that's something that i've always respected from acg is like they keep it they keep unless it's a like a, a protected material then it would stay nice but they always make sure the materials will function for the activity they're intended for
0: that that's true, and I'll be I'll be honest. I'm not climbing or hiking any mountains. Um, I'll go running, but I'm not climbing or trailing <laughs> or um, doing anything that involves mountains, really. Um, which is why I said the mint green.
1: Color. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh man. Anyway, uh, well, uh, good episode. Uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. Definitely appreciate you guys. I am Jacques Slade. This is the Outside the Box Podcast. You can find me at Cusso, which is K U S T O O. Yes, I know it's spelled weird, but I thought it was cool when I was in high school, <laughs> and so I'm keeping it that way. Um, and but I could not do this podcast by myself as you guys know I have two incredible incredible people here with me so Nick let them know where they can find uh, you you can
1: find me at Nick Engvall e- N-I-C-K-E-N-G-B-A-L-L on all platforms and uh, at Sneaker History across the web too and most importantly Tiffany let them know where they can find you
2: yeah you can find me at uh, on Instagram and YouTube at Tiffany Beers just T-I-F-F-A-N-Y B as in boy E-E-R-S
0: see (sighs) Tiffany keeps playing it so short like (laughs) oh yeah just just look for me Tiffany Beers that's all I'm just (laughs) Tiffany Beers all right. Okay. We're going to gonna we're gonna work on this outro. We're going to work yeah. on Tiffany's outro. I'll come outro. up
2: with something better
0: next time. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you for listening. We definitely appreciate you. Uh, make sure you like, favorite, subscribe, share the podcast, all of that good stuff. Let people know what you're listening to and let people know that you think that we are the bee's knees because that's what something old, like, or someone old like me would say. Um, all right, guys. We'll see
2: you soon. Talk to you next week. Peace.